G'day everyone and welcome to episode 38 of Double Jump Radio, the official podcast of DoubleJump.co. I'm your host, Abia, and I'm joined by my co-host, John. John, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. I'm playing lots of Mario, otherwise pretty yes. chill right now. Oh, getting my second vaccination tomorrow, um, oh, so we'll good. see how that goes. Good on I'm like fully prepared to be like out on my ass for like, you know, or just in bed, whatever, for like a day straight. Yeah. Which I'm hoping I'm not. I don't know. Um, How'd you go with the first time around? Um, first one. Oh, first one went fine. Like I had like a kind of deadish arm, like my because I got it on my left arm. Um, yep. And it was like I don't know, just pretty sore for a few days, yeah. and then it went away. Mm. And that sounds oh, like okay, it's pretty good. minor as far as vaccination side effects goes. <laughs> Very minor, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good. But Hopefully, if, that's all that happens. Yeah, because my mum like, had like no effects with the second vax. But it's like, yeah. I, I've heard so many, you know, like, well, not horror stories, but, you know, just like stories of people like going through like pretty severe side yeah. effects of the, like, did yours go okay? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was pretty fortunate. I didn't have any side effects either time. Uh, okay. So I was, I'm, I'm uh, touch wood. Yeah, <laughs> lucky. That all turns out well. Mm. Dude, tell me, you've been uh, playing the, uh, what? I forget the name. Is it Super Mario 3D All-Stars or is it All-Stars 3D? I think it's the, the first one. I'm pretty sure it's the first the one. 3D not, All-Stars. Not okay. super sure, but yeah, more or less. Both the same, yeah. really. Um, but <laughs> what do you think? What do you th- what do, uh, Have you finished them? All, um, all the games in there? Oh, no, not at all. Like I started, um, I played through Galaxy first just because yep. I knew it'd be comfy. And I actually ended up liking it way more than... Because the last time I would have played it would have been like, you know, when I had a Wii still that was still plugged in. Yep. So like, you know, 2009 maybe. Or, or like, you know, or even closer to 2007 when it came out originally. I'm not sure. Yep. But, you know, a long time now. And mm. um, it works like it's it's really nice without having to rely so completely on Wii motion controls, especially. Because, yep. you know, you can get like... Yep. There's still a little bit of motion controls, I think. Oh, Oh, no, that's right. Yeah, because you can use a touch screen to like collect star mm. bits throughout the game. Like that, that's your like coins kind of. Rather than it. pointing. Yeah. So it's like, you know, instead of using the Wiimote, like a remote to um, gather those, you can just like touch the screen and it's just much smoother and easier. <laughs> and the overall yeah. game is like so nice. And I don't know. It's like, that's kind of what I want to get into. It's like, like it's kind of giving me this... Um, I don't know. I'll call it an addiction, but there's something very like sinister about that term. It's more like <laughs> I'm really suddenly really drawn to playing way more of these Mario games than I ever have been, just because of how yeah, like they're so warm and they're so well made and they're so genuinely fun without yeah without being addicting actually. Like I've been mm. playing um yeah, so I'll run through it. It's like I play through Galaxy. I still got to do the other side of it because you have to. Oh, you don't have to, but you can play through it again as Luigi. It's a slightly different experience to get like oh, okay. a true ending sort of thing. Yep. Um, I haven't done th- that part. So I finished the Mario run of Galaxy. Then I played a chunk of 64, um, which yep. I hadn't actually played much at all. Like I feel like I've touched mm. it like for like 10 minutes in my entire life. Otherwise, otherwise I had yeah. no experience with that game. I feel like it would have been like two when it came out. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, actually, was I born yeah. at all? When was it released? <laughs> Uh, well, I think the 1996, I think, is when... Oh, yeah. Yeah, so around I think two. it's 96, yeah. 
if it's yeah if it's 96 and around two yeah but very young because yeah. <laughs> i didn't have a 64 or anything so mm. i'm very inexperienced like i know i'm aware of a lot of you know all that nintendo history but mm. i'm not actually i've not been able to play a lot of it um but i played a big chunk of that and that's like really hard in 2021 for like cause yeah. It, yeah like mario is like basically doesn't have any like traction on his shoes at all so he just slips constantly and he gains momentum <laughs> yeah. so fast so it's just like um you know you move at all and you're suddenly like barreling forward in a trajectory and yep, it's really yep. hard to stop yourself like i mean not really hard yeah, to stop yeah. yourself but uh, you're not really i don't know it's a very different type of control scheme yeah very different uh moment like acceleration curve yeah maybe it was something to do with like it being the first you know, kind of 3D platformer in that style in the mainstream. Mm. And maybe Nintendo is like, oh, we, we want to give this, like, you know, what's the best way to demonstrate, you know, 3Ds, maybe momentum or movement? Like, movement was the big thing there. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. It's like, it's... it's mm. Like, as a someone new to it, it controls really nicely when it comes together. But it as yep. because it's so quite old now and it's like the first of its type it's so punishing so like you yeah. fail a level like you die once and then you get kicked out of the painting that you jumped into then you have to start all over yeah. again like because there's no checkpoints yep, yep i don't think there's any yep. checkpoints at all H- hasn't been so far no you know you just go what yeah you like yeah. Go, oh <laughs> you just get like chucked on your butt and then you like get back in there yeah exactly again like yeah. and it gets like it's pretty tough you know, like it reminds me a lot of like you know classic two D Mario's where they're like they're yep. generally quite tough, like general, like on mm. a um, yeah on a general level, like every other level is difficult. It's not it's trying to challenge you, um, and that's kind of yeah, what it felt yeah. like compared to modern Mario, where it's just meant to be. You know, it's not meant to. It's meant to be challenging, but on a very like minor level, it's meant to be like, like more, you're not like, meant satisfying. to fight the controls. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. Anyway, from there, I played like half of that and I got frustrated <laughs> and le- I like and <laughs> stopped playing it. And I'll come back to it probably, but it's, it's I don't know. I haven't played Sunshine yet, but I will eventually. And then I yeah. jumped over to... That's the divisive one. Yeah, I've heard, have I heard that, which is why I'm not like super into playing it. Uh, like I want to, but um, yeah, have, I'm not sure if low expectations is a word, but yeah, I'm prepared to not love it just because of what yeah. I've heard about it. It's probably smart. Um, like, uh, it- Having seen it, like I remember playing it back in the day, it didn't it? Didn't I don't remember thinking oh, it plays poorly or anything like that. Mm. I, I think it's just people maybe expected more. Oh, okay. Uh, from Mario in tw- two thousand and one versus nineteen ninety six, especially because like we had action games come out, like Zelda games, with like that kind of evolved the Mario formula in like a 3D point of view. Then you had like, you know, Donkey Kong and Banjo-Kazooie. You had a lot more like freedom of movement and, and things like that. Maybe people were expecting, were projecting their expectations of what a Mario game should be on yeah, um, that's, on, on the GameCube. I could see that. I think it's like also like I'm curious to, because in that one he wears like a... Um, the Flood. Like yeah. A, uh, water pack. Yeah, which is like... So not what you would expect from a traditional mm. Mario game, right? Is to have like yep. this, you know, big gadget that is like the center point of the game. But I'm curious to know how far mm. that goes. So I, I will play it. I just haven't yet. And then from there, yeah. I but like as I've been playing Galaxy and 64, I've been like thinking, it's like, oh, I really want to come back to Odyssey now because I played that a few years ago, closer to when it came out. And yeah. I, like I, I, I liked it, actually, but I was yeah. like, I was really 
um, burned out on it, burned out on it by the time I got to the yeah. end because it's like it's very, it's pretty big. There's a lot to it. Yeah, like it's like you know, it's like um, and like coming back to it, it's kind of interesting how much of a homage to '64 it is. Like it's like because mm. it's all over the place. Like not yeah. just in the control scheme, but it's like there's like a lot of like direct Location references wise to it. and everything. Yeah, but it's oh, like okay. the feel of it as well, and like it's just um, oh, there are other things I noticed that I can't remember off the top of my head now, but there's um, uh, yeah, there's just a lot, mm. a lot to it that is like very directly referencing sixty four. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think um, like sunshine was pretty much always in that island setting, whereas like. You know, the, the original, like, Super Mario 64, like, you know, you'd be in a castle environment, then you'd be in the clouds, then you'd be in, like, a like a uh, desert, and then you'd be underwater. Like, mm. uh, there is quite a lot of variety there. And I think, from what I've seen of Odyssey, like, that the the different locations you go to is kind of lends itself more to 64 than uh, even Galaxy or, or, or Sunshine. So, yeah, yeah. I, I can see where you're coming from there. Yeah, I definitely agree with that like what you're saying there it's like that variety is such a it's like that's what odyssey is like based on so that's mm. kind of why it like yeah sort of yeah yeah like directly and indirectly references 64 mm. in a bunch of ways and, um, and and also like some of the 2d ones as well right um oh yeah because there's like there's like actual like literal like 2d pixel art sections they can yeah, kind of get so but uh, there's sense, probably more to it than that eggs. as someone who doesn't yep. have a huge um have a ton of knowledge yeah um, <laughs> of the series um what was i saying oh yeah but it's like i i burned out at, by the time i finished it because i end up like spent a lot of time at each location you know like because that's kind of what that game allows you to do is because each game is like each level is like a giant collectathon compared to usual mario ones yeah. where like you get to the end of a level like you get a star and then you get kicked back out that's kind of what yeah. the paces of those games wants you wants it to be, but like this one, it gives you enough freedom that you can like really spend a ton of time in every level, and like mm. having experienced that, I kind of went back and just kind of like went through the levels more or less as fast as possible, like casually, you know, just kind of collecting moons how I wanted to, like the stars in that game, and then jumping onto the next level when I could because I knew the levels would open up once you hit the yep. end anyway and so it's, i don't know basically trying to do what i can to not burn myself out by the time it gets to the end and now i've beaten yeah. it and uh, like wrapping up the rest of the game and it's like i'm still like really into it and i still want to play it way more and i don't feel addicted to it it's more like which is a nice feeling because games so frequently now are designed to get you stuck to it to really get yep. you attached and this one doesn't it doesn't feel attached like it's trying to latch on to me <laughs> it's like it feels very i don't know it feels because i want i genuinely enjoy it and want to get more of it it's like you know it's like yeah. a good tv show where it's not trying to kind of keep or you know or anything like that like no artificial hooks it's like you genuinely are invested yeah and it's like you know it's just mario it's like it's not like some big story or anything that i'm trying to get to the end of it's just like i enjoy it and like it's probably <laughs> similar like because i haven't played done it and it hasn't been the case for me for a long time, but, you know, like getting stuck into a multiplayer game and just wanting to kind of mm. continue playing it because it's fun. It's like that actually is an experience I had, I've had in a long time now, so I don't actually remember what it's like anymore. Mm. Um, but it's, um, I don't know, that's kind of what it reminds me of a little bit, where it's like you're just so enamored this, with the gameplay. This is, Od this is Odyssey, yeah? Yeah, of Odyssey, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay, cool. Um, <laughs> uh, fair enough. Yeah, so now I'm like hunting down a copy of Galaxy 2. <laughs> on Wii and yeah, like yeah it's weird that that isn't 
on um, Switch yet. Yeah, I was, I was really like sad about it when I got to the end of Galaxy, or like as I was, as I was playing Galaxy, like just at the start, it's like oh, I really like this actually. I really wish the second one was on board as well, because playing on a Wii is gonna be frustrating with the Wii controls as well. Yeah. So it's yeah. just like, oh well. Um, um, I'm excited to play all these Mario, like Mario games I haven't spent a ton of time with. Like I played a lot of them, but not um. Yeah, I don't know. Just uh, yeah. So the way I put it in the show notes was I'm on a binge of 3D Mario. So, um, yeah, which seems appropriate. Of, it, it sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, uh, you've been yeah. playing a Beat Star this time, have you? Yeah. Today. So. Like, weekend was a bit hectic, so I didn't really get to play much Destiny or anything like that. But I did get to, like... I was on my phone a lot, and obviously, going on YouTube, you always see ads for, like... You know, there's, like, games that you're like, I'm pretty sure this isn't a real game. This is just, like, a tech demo with something just to, like, get coin, like get money out of me. And then I saw, like, this thing called BeatStar, which is... Essentially, it's, like... It's a Guitar Hero style. Like, there's a there's a like a note highway so to speak so it's like you've got three lanes you've got buttons coming towards you you've got to tap them in sequence in, in in rhythm to the song that's on there and it's it's full of like licensed songs and everything like that and oh, okay. it is ramping up uh, pretty quickly so it's 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 on android i think it's also on ios as well so it's it's free to play obviously it's it's tied in with supercell so you can like obviously expect the typical free to play things of like oh hey you've unlocked a chest but you got to wait a certain amount before you can open it or you could pay us a little bit now yeah <laughs> <laughs> and things like that and it's like it, it's pretty brutal in terms of oh uh, like it'll stop the song if you miss one note oh wow okay <laughs> and it'll say uh do you want to continue spend some gems to continue or you have to start the whole song again Oh, <laughs> like, okay. Is there it, like an energy system or can you just like keep playing? Pretty much. Like you can keep playing, but like these gems, you only get a certain, like you get like four or five a day for playing. And if you don't, like, and it's like you got to spend like three or four every time you want to continue the song. So yeah. it's like, it's, 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 t- it's deliberately designed to uh, make you like kind of spend money. But so far it's cool. Like it's got a, uh, popular songs in it and, like I haven't bought anything yet, but I can see myself like buying song packs in the future. Okay. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll see. It's 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 fun and it's a, it's a good way to kill some time, mm. especially if you're like you you miss kind of like the the rhythm tests of like the old old rhythm games like Rock Band or Guitar Hero. But you don't want to have to dig out an old console or like huge like unwieldy plastic instruments around the house so it's it's, yeah. it's good fun it sounds like it kind of fills in the gap that you know the guitar hero rock band yep. has like left because like that's all yeah I don't know, that's been true for a while but it's like it's always open almost <laughs> whenever those games mm. aren't active and they haven't been active really for a while like rock band 4 was around but as far as i know that wasn't like you know a huge hit you know like it wasn't like yeah it was just steady like hmm DLC still coming out for it, but it's like a trickle. Is it still going? Okay, I thought it had yeah. But I think what's happened is like, uh, early, like previously it was like, uh, Harmonix would do like a lot of the hard. So Harmonix, the developer, would do a lot of the hard works, creating master, like getting master tracks for all the songs and crafting, you know, like kind of perfect 
rendition, virtual renditions of the song. And I think now it's like basically pulling songs from Rock Band Network, which is like, you know, community made versions of songs. So they're not 100% perfect or anything, but they're already there. And I think those are just getting cleaned up and turned into official releases. I think that's like pretty much what it's like now, but at, at least like you could import, you could still have like your game, per- like your song purchases. I think going back to like Rock Band 1, like you could have thousands of songs that you could like be still be playing. So yeah, mm. it's, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, coming back to Beatstar, it's free, it's fun. Check it out. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's not much else to really say about it. It's a, it's a good time kill. <laughs> so that's what we were playing over this past week how about we talk about uh, a couple of the stories that were on double jump this past week john uh got a couple of a uh, couple of awesome articles that went up first was the the return of the multiplayer yeah yeah double jumps brought back the multiplayer which i think we've seen for almost a year now as far as i remember yeah, it's like, been a while yeah because i checked it checked them out lately like recently um but yeah so we brought them back in a sort of like shorter form series we've got like pages working on the site now which are actually really nice because yeah. <laughs> i had a look at it today because i'd already like i you know put that i put i've been putting the multiplayers together so i already read them and i went back to you know properly read the first one we have today which is about like um tv shows we would like to see turn into games um yeah and it's yes, I already knew what was written, so it was like by myself and Jake and Callum, just covering a handful of um, shows would like to see, you know, converted. Um, and it's yeah, it's I don't know, it's exciting to have them back because you know historically they've been like extremely long and big, and they tend to get yeah. delayed very easily because of how <laughs> many people are involved and how big yeah. they yeah, um, on a few so in a few ways where it's like you know people are like you know people don't necessarily get their stuff on time because life and such and um yeah. and um yeah and then they just end up being really long which ends up taking a long time yeah. to edit etc cetera, etc cetera. <laughs> a lot of obvious problems and, and and for uh folks at home who haven't read one of our multiplayer pieces before it's it's essentially uh it, it's it's a it's a great chance for everyone on staff to uh you know give their two cents about a particular topic. In this case, it was movies or TV shows that we'd love to see turned into games. And I know that, uh, John, you talked about uh, Alone and Spartacus. And then Jake talked about uh, Supernatural. And uh, Callum talked about Battlestar Galactica. And, and I love the, the 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 inspiration for this was The Warriors, kind of classic beat-em-up oh, yeah. from the PS2 era that Rockstar made. I think that... I think that is an excellent like inspiration for this yeah it's like that one's like there's so few games like that that exist at all <laughs> like like imagine that happening yeah. to any other movie now which is like you know like <laughs> a like mid-level or even low level like warriors wasn't like didn't like set the world on fire for like yeah you know like this movie from the 70s getting an adaptation like a game adaptation by one of the biggest developers on the planet like 30 years later yeah that was like like, i remember when that came out i I was in school and like everyone was talking about it but it was like it it was like oh oh the the new game from the gta people yeah but it's a (laughs) beat-em-up yeah it's like because i like i played it in like um in primary school i think because it came out a while ago and it's like um it's 
yeah, it's such a strange game when I think about it. Yeah. It's like the fact that it, I think it was like it's, 2004, 2005. Okay. Right? It's like good as well. Yeah. Which is even stranger. Like it's like actually like an expansion on the original. Because I, I, yeah, for some reason I looked into this game a while, like kind of recently enough to remember <laughs> how it is. I don't. It wasn't about this either. It was like like a year or two ago. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> but it's yeah. It was like it, you know expanded on the movie because the movie is based on a book, but they're yeah. very different things. And then it's like kind of a prequel to. A prequel to the movie that then like leads its leads directly into the events of the movie, and I think there's an epilogue mm. as well, and it's all actually pretty good. And a lot of it's got the original voice actors from you know decades ago, and it's just wow, um, what a strange game that is. <laughs> um, yeah, because like when that would have come out, like that movie came out in '79, the book came out in '65, and the game came out in 2005. So, what it was, 26 years old. Yeah. Like, those voice actors would have definitely aged by 26 years. <laughs> yeah, because the only actor I know in it that, like, I actually, off the top of my head, I don't remember his name, but he's the one who mm. plays um the dad in, uh like, Dexter's dad in the show of Dexter. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. He's shown up in a few things. I don't remember his name now. I really like that actor, but I remember that one, like, that one sticks in my head. It's like, oh, that guy's in it? And he was, like, so young. <laughs> but um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, uh, fair but, enough. yeah, so, uh, yeah, our first new multiplayer is out on the site for you to read if mm. you like. Um, and then our second story was Ethan's getting caught up for Metroid Dread sort of um, series recap. Um, do you have much thought tonight, Abia? Uh There was a lot more than I realized. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, like Metroid is just one of those, um, like those, like series that like it's popular, it's huge, but it doesn't get a lot of games. So you don't always hear, you don't always see like story trailers and stuff pop up in on in, in Nintendo Directs and and things over like the years, just because like it's like once every, I feel like it's like once every system you might get one. Yeah, and for the last twenty years, it's only been like remakes and stuff, and like yeah, you know, and like, like side quests because yeah. of Prime as well. Yeah, so it's like because there was Metroid, Metroid Two, I think, and then uh, uh, Super Metroid, and I think Other M. Yeah, and then Fusion, and then, and then Dread, and then on the other, yeah, because like um, yeah, yeah. Ethan very helpfully had like this graphic which I'm guessing was from somewhere else, but like um, has this graphic kind of detailing the timelines. So like between one and two, Prime spins off it into its own continuity. Yeah. Um, and then there's two remakes, which I don't think I quite realized. So there's a remake of the first one on GBA, like the very first one. Yeah, which was one. Zero Mission. Yeah, and then there was, was a sec- the remake yeah. of the second yeah. one That's oh. that was on 3DS, like Samus Returns. Ah, uh. Yes. And that developer, okay, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, that yeah. developer went and made Dread with Nintendo, like with that, you know, I think it was a close relationship this time because I think the Metroid series director or creator was involved this time, or more closely mm. so. Um, and then, yeah, and then Other Ram is, is its own sort of slightly non-canon-y thing. One, think, right? Yeah, and people mostly was, hate it, yeah. <laughs> as from what I can gather. Um, which <laughs> yeah, And Ethan doesn't cover it as well, which felt like kind of solidified that fact. Um <laughs> And then mm. it's, but I was actually really grateful for it because I played, I played Super Metroid and I played, I think a, a couple of the Prime games. I don't know it's not a series yep. I've been able to like properly dig into for whatever reason. Mm. 
Um, and I, it's also a series I tend not to remember very well of what I have played of it. Um, mm. I think just because it's so archetypal, you know, it's like so like it's Metroidvania, you know, it's like the origin. It's so foundational that I tend to yeah. kind of associate it more with the mechanics and what it represents yeah. more than the actual games I'm playing of it. Um, yeah. But it was actually, yeah, I was very help- grateful for it because it's like, I don't, I, I knew like pretty much nothing of the story of the Metroid games, even though I've like, I'm aware of it more. Th- mm. I'm aware of it to the point that I figure that I would usually get some level of knowledge of the story and the world. I yeah. just didn't have any. <laughs> so Ethan's like roundup of all the main story threads and main like world details. And it's like, oh, I'm actually like way into this, <laughs> like the way it's set yeah. out. Like space pirates yeah, like, and like mm. the Metroids and how they all fit together. It's like, oh, this story is actually way more interesting than I expected. That's why I'd love to. I'd love to see two collections: one about the Metroid games, and then one for the Metroid Prime games. Because yeah, be I, nice. I remember, like, having when I got my GBA and on the back of the box was like screenshots of Metroid Fusion, and that's a game that I've always wanted to play. And the only way you could really play it is if you had the original cartridge and you played on the GBA or a uh, the original DS or if you were part of the 3DS ambassador program and yeah. you got it for free and, and no other way. I don't even think it came out on like uh, the the Wii, like like any of the virtual console um, yeah. uh, like collections or anything. Yeah, as far as I know, it didn't, yeah. Cause like, um, yeah. like it, like, <laughs> I mean, hopefully sort of, you know, it's like a very kind of backhanded sort of, hopefully, like hopefully it'll be out yeah. on the expansion pack for switch. Um, <laughs> yeah. but you know, my favorite, my, my favorite part yeah. of Nintendo. <laughs> Looking forward to paying $60 to play fusion. Um, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, which like I've got, I've got that. Remember the super Nintendo classic that came out a couple of years ago? Like I've got that, so I, I definitely want to play Super Metroid oh, yeah. through that. Yeah. But um, that I think that's the only way I can really get those games, and I think maybe on the Nintendo Switch Online, just the standard. Yeah, I think like uh, version. I think Super Metroid's on there. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right about that. Yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah. Um, no. Yeah, and then and then those remakes and stuff will probably be on if the Game Boy games come to the expansion pack as well. They probably would come to yeah. So it'll probably be like a Metroid hub. Maybe, I mean, maybe yeah. not. Nintendo's weird, but like, um, could uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I could see that happening. But yeah, so <laughs> yeah, go read that if you're into if you're looking into Dread because Dread's meant to be incredible, <laughs> and it actually yeah. is like enough to go like, oh, maybe I should just jump into Dread anyway rather than you know, kind of waiting to um, get caught up on the yeah. um, on the previous games that are hard to find and play. <laughs> yeah, no, hundred percent, and it's always great to see like a primer article like this that actually does serve as a good kind of uh, like guide to the to a series like this yeah Ethan did a good job <laughs> yeah great job dude how about we uh, move on from uh, last week's articles to talk about the headlines for this coming week and the, the first story here is that uh, Valve, uh, in its infinite wisdom, has launched a quote-unquote deck verified program that uh, highlights games that actually work well on the Steam Deck, which is uh, the company's handheld mini PC Nintendo Switch amalgam 
<laughs> it's a yeah, it's a few things at once, yeah. isn't it? Like I like yeah. I was like writing out some of this this stuff in the um, you know, like writing out this information for you know what we're saying now, and I was like yeah. writing down portable device, and I always think about how it's also like a PC you can plug in. It's it like, is, yeah, <laughs> it's like a yeah. you know big hybrid thing. Yeah. <laughs> and and essentially the way uh, the way it works is um, Valve's got like a multi level like a multi-tier system for describing, uh, for labeling games for the Steam Deck. Uh, and it starts off with unsupported, so definitely won't work. <laughs> um, number two, which is playable, which means it'll run, but it may not be the best experience. Um, and number three, which is uh, verified, which means 100% tested on the Steam Deck and works really well. So whether that's with the interface, uh, with like every single control surface that, Valve was crammed into that thing, or in terms of stability, like stable frame rates and things like that. So, it's um, I think it's good that I think it's good that Valve has created something like this, um, and it's it's uh, I think something that I wish Valve kind of had earlier. You know, it would it would have been great to have this information then, but you know what? Better to have it now rather than after the Steam Deck's out. You know. Yeah, it's well it's like it's very like it's trying to um what do you call it like it's like Steam by design is meant to be very open because that's how PC PCs work and it's not really designed yeah. for, you know, to be as kind of sleek and like almost like one directional as yeah. like a console platform is. So they're kinda of like trying to like, like approach slot streamlined version of the platform which is still a very big part of the deck it's like still central yeah. to it into a more you know comfortable like slitch streamlined uh format which yeah yeah so I'd, I'd be curious mm. if they could do much for like you know the general pc user if that could really like make you know if you could like you know just have a game and it'll automatically tell you if something's playable or not just by having yeah. it in your library, that might be a nice touch. But I imagine that's not yeah. something you're looking into. But yeah, and 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 because like this isn't, and because it's running like it, like a version of SteamOS which is based on Linux, it's like you can't just uh, you can't just stick Windows on there and just play anything and just try it. Mm. You know, like well, not officially. I'm sure people would do that. <laughs> like that's that is just the way things work nowadays. But yeah, like. Uh, Imagine being able to play like Xbox Game Pass games just on the go, instead of streaming them, like actually just playing them on like a handheld system like this, and and obviously yes, we know gaming laptops exists, but you know something that's actually more specifically designed for gaming, that doesn't you know take up, you know what thirteen inches across or whatever like a keyboard, like a laptop keyboard, and and trackpad would be, mm. I think yeah this this is cool it's a cool idea and. I know like someone like Jake may be interested in something like this because he'll never use a Windows PC. Um so he can keep his Mac for all his like, you know, work and then he could have he could use something like this to play games that aren't that are, you know, on PC but he can't access on, you know, a Switch or a PlayStation or something, you know. Yeah. That could be like another way to see it. Mm. Um Oh crap. <laughs> Damn, I just had a thought of man. <laughs> I forgot. Um but it's, um, yeah, because I'm pretty much in the same bracket. I think we talked about it when it was, like, originally announced. Yeah. Like, I, you know, kind of repeating myself a bit. But it's, like, 
I'm someone who has like a pretty basic laptop that can't play much beyond stuff that's you know 15 years old or so. Um, yep. And even then, it's rough because <laughs> um, it's, it's just really not designed to. Um, so it's like it's kind of perfect for me because it's like that's kind of the mm. same reason the OLED switch is perfect for me because I play it mostly portable, but I like having the option yep. to dock it and stuff and having good battery life. So I'd, I prefer not to have a light and so on and so forth. So it's um mm. oh that's what I was gonna say though I keep forgetting the deck exists because it's not coming out to Australia for so long. <laughs> yeah, it's coming out very soon for like other territories, US but um, yeah, yeah, it's not we're not getting it until next year at least. Yeah, yeah, um, which is like you know sooner rather than later. I kind of forgot how close mm. it is, but I, I think it is still gonna be a while before we see any, especially with chip shortages probably still being a thing. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, John, do you want to talk about this next story? Um, uh, yes. Uh, Google has um, halved its share of Play Revenue Store. Oh, oops. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> Play Store subscriptions on Android. So this is um, specifically the revenue gain from subscription fees, not from um, in-app or upfront purchases of like apps and stuff. Or like, yeah, or, you know, like Fortnite skins or anything like that. It doesn't reply to any of that. So solely to do with subscriptions. So um, from January 1st next year, Google's share of this revenue will be cut down from 30% to 15%. Um, yeah, so this follows a similar change made in March, which was easy to get confused with, to be honest, um, mm-hmm. where this was cut, which originally, where Google originally cut their revenue share on upfront and in-app purchases, so not included subscriptions, from 13 to 15% as well on the first on the first 1 million years. Yeah, $1 million made per year that the developer earns. And then every all the money following that $1 million will be... We'll go back to revert 30. Revert back to 30, yeah. Yeah. Um, like, good for, like, smaller teams. Yeah, definitely. But if you're, like, a Epic Games, definitely not good enough. <laughs> yeah. And it's like... like it's $1 kind million of, dollars on that is, like, what, 30, 30 minutes? Yeah, and that, like... Not even. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, um, and that change was, like, following Apple's own, but Apple's is the bad version, where... It's like if you get like nine hundred, you know, nine hundred fifty thousand of revenue, it's all fifteen percent. But as soon as it hits yeah. a million, it's like it, it's all thirty percent. Like it applies to the first million as well. So they kind of Google yeah, just did like, the better version of that in March. Um, like it's like you you will be on like a knife edge. Like you want to make more money, but you realize that as soon as you go over that threshold, you're going to be giving a lot up. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> They, I mean, Apple are losing so little by doing what Google did, and yet they didn't. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 just to clarify, this is for like subscriptions. So, any apps that uh, you can subscribe to them from within Google. I guess this could also apply to things like Spotify and stuff if they did it purely through the Google Play Store, or if you had like a a game that had like a, a club or something that you'd be a part of every month. So mm. the developer now will get. 15% uh, sorry Google will only take 15% of the cut rather than 30% of that ongoing subscription yeah so I'm not sure how much this applies to games as of like mm. so I guess it could apply to stuff like Game Pass if that becomes more prominent on the platform yeah. which I ima- imagine will inevitably um, so that could be just you know more um, more incentive for mm. um, publishers and developers to actually push these services more on the Android platform, especially yeah. when it's going to be probably about as hard as it always has been on iOS. Mm. So, you know... Like, if, if if a company like Humble Bundle 
or you know even like itch.io or something said hey we've got a lot of indie developers who have mobile versions of their games why don't we if if they did launch like their own kind of subscription service like a like a game pass type thing you know traditionally you'd ha- they would say okay well you can access this to you can sign up for this but you have to do it through like a web browser or something you know this is just an easier way to do it and google not having to not taking as much money would be like better in the long run yeah definitely it's um yeah so not much beyond that it's kind of, it's kind of like there's some kind of details that's not really worth going over but um in terms of games i'm not sure how much impact we'll see like i could see yeah mm. so yeah as i said like seeing game pass like kind of getting a bigger push like seeing the stream platforms yeah. getting a bigger push as well which yeah. I know we'll see how that goes in Australia, but um, <laughs> yeah. you know it's like so. Nvidia, GeForce Now is that the full name for it? Yeah. Um, yep. And PlayStation like, Now, uh, which we might get eventually. Yeah. And uh, Amazon Luna is it? Is that Luna? Yeah, oh, yeah, is that, what it's that called? right as well. Yeah. Like you play Plus. Like there's the stuff. Mm. It it's it'll be interesting to see what companies like the first one to say em- like embrace Android as a legitimate like ongoing platform for a service mm. um but yeah that kind of wraps up that story um yeah so but we also saw some halo this week a beer dude yes so uh like earlier today on the day we're recording this and a couple of days by the time uh everyone at home will be listening we got a i think it was like about six minutes like an overview video of halo infinite's campaign and uh it's it was cool like it was narrated by I'm pretty sure it was narrated by the the voice actress for Cortana, right? Like it oh, I definitely <laughs> sounded like Cortana. Yeah, um, she was in it a lot as well as a character, so I actually don't know at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, okay, so the 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 thing that we had like previously rumors were like, oh, you know, oh, Halo's been delayed, so it's going to be episodic. We're going to get a certain section of it come up front and then yada, yada. And then we also had 343, I think when Halo Infinite was first announced, like in 2018 or 19, saying, oh, we're going to, like you can see future Halo campaigns be included as part of, you know, within Halo Infinite. Like it's just, like they'll just be added on going into the future. Um, so none of that was kind of addressed in this video. This was just purely focused on this upcoming Master Chief adventure and his fight against, uh, like, what are they called? Um, the Banished. I forget. The Banished. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like pretty much like this ultra strong fork of the Covenant that is like basically run by the Brutes, who are like the big rhinoceros looking dudes <laughs> <laughs> from Halo. And like they're actually just like devastating humanity. Uh, by the time Halo Infinite takes place. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think like the general yeah. premise of Infinite, because like, I'm not sure if you'd have more like more information on this myself, because like I don't follow Halo much at all. I'm always like, I don't know. Mm. I have fond memories of it, but I don't like, it's not something I'm okay, like a strong so fan of. Essentially the last time, so Halo 5 Guardians was the previous Halo game, right? And that was, it had two sides of the campaign. One side was, uh, like Master Chiefs, like um, like Blue Team. So, oh yeah, it was Blue Team. Like basically, original Spartan Twos, um, joining Master Chief on his quest to find Cortana and figure out why is she activating these ancient like, like kind of death machines called Guardians, right? And 
you were playing on the other side as Sergeant uh, Sergeant Locke, who was like a, a newer version of Spartan with his fire team Osiris chasing down Master Chief and trying to reprimand him and his crew like as part of the UNSC kind of mandate. And it's like the Master Chiefs play that to be like he's going crazy, like what's going on? And like the way, the where we kind of leave it is that like Master Chief is like teleported with Cortana to some other place. And, and it was kind of just left there. And this is like following on from that. Like we when we saw the, the reveal trailer for Halo Infinite, like the story trailer, it was basically Master Chief is floating in the middle of space and there just happens to be like a like a human pelican ship mm. just happens to bump into him. Like <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's 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 and then, you know, we find out that uh, the banished are up to no good and that's where Master Chief's been. But we don't hear any mention of like any of the consequences of Halo Five. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, it's like my, as far as this trailer is. My un- yeah, as far as this trailer, I suppose. Oh, uh, there, there is a bit, but it's like my understanding is that Cortana is has become like too old, and has kind of gone, like you know, evil yeah. essentially. Um, well, that's and what now needs to be Halo stopped. Five was about. Yeah, yeah, and now, yeah. um, and the story is re- revolving around the weapon, which is like a backup version of Cortana that can actually take down. Yeah the current you know old version um mm. i think that's the idea i'm not sure there's too much else yeah. to it and then there's you know all the um all the banished settling on uh zeta halo zeta, halo and um yeah i'm not I'm not sure yeah I'm, i don't have too much knowledge of the story beyond that i think it's a solid premise because yeah. I, as i understand it, halo 5 was like way more had far too focused far too much focus on story and world details that none of the other games that actually covered because <laughs> it was all like novels yeah, and extra you know um yeah and you and you've um like you you go to the the home world of the elites like san halos san halos yeah and you kind of like you're with um the arbiter and you're like trying to the, the guardians have showed up on his on his planet and he's trying to like fight them off and stuff and like it's it's cool in that way. Like, it did cover a lot. And I actually genuinely liked Halo 4 and 5. I mean, I might be in the minority. <laughs> like, mm. people don't really... Like, at, at the end of Halo 4, like, Master Chief literally becomes a superhuman. Like, oh. remnants of the the Forerunners, like, basically do, like, a bio-scan on him and, and, like, upgrade his body to be able to fight against uh, the... De- Oh, the Prometheans or whatever? Oh, no. Yeah, basically saying like, oh, you know, this was our plan all along. You're the last, you know, humans are the ones who are going to be, you know, the harbingers. They're going to protect us. You're the next best race. So, Master Chief, you're the chosen one. I'm going to soup you up and you're going to be like literally like invincible pretty much. Oh, is that that, why he was like floating out in space? And fine. Maybe that's why he can survive <laughs> just fine. Maybe he's like um, Leia, Princess Leia from, you know, La- Last Jedi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is um, yeah. Like, w- why don't you tell us about like what actually was covered in this? Uh, yeah, this getting away from all our ignorance trailer. of Halo. Um, yeah. So <laughs> some like, in like you know, yeah, it's like a campaign overview is the trailer name. So it kind of covers yeah. aspects of the campaign without fully addressing every aspect of it. So, like, one thing that, as I understand, is it hasn't been fully addressed at all is that it, we don't know if it's, like, a fully open-world game yet. 
or if it's more like open world sections like Gears 5 or something. I don't think that's... Yeah. But that's that's a kind of a smaller point. Where, as we know, there's big, very big areas. Um, so one thing that seems to be a major point of this game is um, forward operating bases in this maybe open world of um, the Zeta Halo. They seem to be a lot like Far Cry outposts from what we kind of yeah. glimpsed. So it's like they have enemies the in it. You go clear them out. You go take over the base. You, um, from there, like you can know, fast travel back to them. You can swap out weapons and summon vehicles. And that's mm. kind of what they do. They're just outposts. Um, yeah. Like it, it literally, like even down to the fact, like it's like when you like defeat um, like all the enemies in the base and you take it over, like like a boss appears. Like a like it seems like bosses in this game are going to be more of an actual thing rather than like, like they might have names and they might have like health bar like yeah it seems more traditional in that way you know <laughs> which is like not a thing yeah. in halo yeah um oh yeah so from there we saw some like very light rpg elements like there seems to be mm. very because i oh yeah we'll get into this one i yeah like once i have all these details out but it's like as very yeah very you know because i think we already knew there was going to be some rpg stuff from yeah either from leaks or maybe they said something already but we didn't know their full extent of it at all so far, it seems to be purely based around unlocking and upgrading equipment like that you can swap out yeah. and you can't even have all of them on at the same time. You have to like swap them around. So one of them is the grappling hook that's been shown off so far. Another one is something called the thruster, which is like a dash mechanic that lets you like, you know, speed around like, oh, probably like Doom Eternal that had a similar mechanic. Yeah. Um, and you can kind Dude, of- I-, I thought I literally saw the Doom guys armor in this video like somewhere oh <laughs> like i saw it at the end uh, oh yes it was in the scene with the um with the 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 spartan kill enemy that yeah oh yeah we'll talk about yeah um yeah so oh and there also seems to be something called a veiler which is kind of like a general xp style mechanic that like yeah i think is as you get more of that i'm pretty sure that's what opens up new weapons and vehicles to summon at the these yeah. outposts called fobs um yeah otherwise i don't think there's too much else which i think is a good at good thing from my understanding i mean as like a like very casual fan of halo that hasn't played it for a while it feels like mm. something where they don't want to mess with the formula too much but they need to kind of expand yeah. it in some ways for a bigger non you know streamlined game like you know like an open yeah. world game so like I, I don't know if that's all there is to it i think that's a good middle ground yeah and like for me, um, it, it's also interesting. Like we've got new enemy types. Like we've got these like flying monkey-looking, uh, like dro- like they've got like backpacks, like you know jetpacks and stuff. And they're 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 called skimmers. They seem like you know jackals in the sky. I think that I'll just think think of it that way. Yeah, like, the jackals right. from Halo. Um, and the Spartan killer who looks like basically the Arbiter who had a like. Like imagine the Arbiter never became friends with humans. Like he's just like this guy in black and red armor, dedicated solely to hunting down Spartans. Um, and then the Harbinger uh, looks like a a forerunner. Like she she looks like a new character. So in in Halo Four, like you you basically meet the librarian or like an imprint of her. She was like the kind of keeper of 
like the forerunners secrets like the like the library like all their knowledge and everything and then she was married to this dude who was like the military guy and the the military guy was like oh i um why don't we can like convert things into machines so we can use them to fight against the flood and then he was kind of banished for something and then the didact is basically like a corrupted version of this of her husband who's been brought back who was like kind of brought back to life it's weird so i wonder if harbinger's like oh well the librarian she's got all this knowledge and everything but imagine she had like a an evil doppelganger that was brought back to life by the didact so maybe that's what i think it might be like she's like a she she and him are like you know a a crazy bonnie and clyde (laughs) yeah forerunner duo (laughs) who were who uh, like pissed that humanity got chosen as the next like chosen race by whatever the gods are in 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 Halo. I think that was the that was like part of the reason why the didact was so pissed. He's like, why the fuck are we choosing humanity over you know us? Right. Okay. Because oh, like, I tried like so much to do with Halo. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no. Because like back <laughs> it's in amazing the day, how much was... you're say- like how many words you're saying. Oh, it's like I don't know that. Because <laughs> basically, in in the Halo universe, humans were highly advanced. Uh, there was like an ancient version of humanity that was highly advanced and went toe to toe with the forerunners, right? Right. Um, because the forerunners uh, were given uh, the forerunners were like super advanced and everything like that, but then the humans rose up and were fighting with them because the forerunners were pissed that the mantle of responsibility, which is this like thing that the universe says, is like, oh, you're the next, you're the next kind of giver of life to the next you know whatever age of the universe the foreigners were like we're we're top we're we got our shit together why the fuck are you giving it to the humans and then they start fighting the humans and then and during this um basically the the corrupted souls of the ancient gods became the flood oh, and so okay. so then um basically what the foreigners did to defeat humanity it was like basically d like basically warped us back to like early human like cave people like de-evolved us so we lost all of our technology all of our brains and everything and it's taken this much time to like get back to where we were and we're still not quite as advanced but like it's 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 interesting like there's so much to halo way more than like i'm sure bungie would have thought of when they were like creating like basically an offshoot of this like failed rts <laughs> like back in on the original like back in the m- when they were going to make it for the mac <laughs> you know yeah. like it's it's there's so much to it and there's so many youtube videos about it but essentially the the forerunners didn't like humans and now the forerunners in some shape or form are back in some corrupted way and now we're fighting them and right. they're pissed okay <laughs> um yeah, so much yeah. I didn't. I was not Halo. aware of there, and I'm still not really. There's only so much I can absorb. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, but yeah, yeah. So, but that, um, yeah, but that basically kind of covers a lot of this trailer. It's like you know, it's like kind of yeah. a, you know our first look at the campaign again after that trailer everyone hated, um, <laughs> not too long ago, <laughs> um, yeah, from last year. So uh, yeah. it's like it, it's looking better than it did last time, which. I don't know. I still didn't think it looked terrible, but I understand why people's standards were so high, especially with their certain, yeah. you know, visual uh, oddities. <laughs> I suppose and to be generous, it's just like it was made for the Xbox One. It's made for cross generations, so like, oh yeah, there's only so much you can push the engine when it has to run on an Xbox Series X 
a high-end PC and an OG Xbox One from 2013, right? Like, something has to be a compromise. Yeah. And that's what we saw. Mm. Yeah, so I don't mind that people are, like, upset. I remember being surprised people were so upset because I was, like, more interested to see what the gameplay was like. So I was, like, already kind of satisfied. I was like, oh, it looks like Halo. Click. Yeah. And then... And, um, but no, I think people are generally happy this time with what they saw, yeah. they've seen. Um, I think it definitely like, oh yeah, that's what I was going to say. Cause I've been thinking about it a lot cause I've been playing Odyssey at the same time, which is like, you know, yeah. big open version of Mario. And this is like, you know, yeah. big open version of Halo and it requires like yeah. a very deft touch to not, you know, upset the cart like on either side mm. of that idea. Like, oh, at least, I mean, on the main side being core Halo, and also returning yeah. to what people wanted a lot as well, because there's like a lot of fans from who are kind of um, bounced off Halo Five in various ways, whether it be story mm. or gameplay or whatever. Um, so they're yeah. kind of, you know, they've been kind of coming back to basics in a lot of ways. So I imagine the story won't be as convoluted as I understand Five could be. Um, in certain yeah. ways, like I'm guessing it's going to be relatively simple while still trying to keep in with lore and stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm interested in seeing how uh how three four three industries kind of focuses the story on Master Chief and explains away like what happens at the end of Halo Five and what happens with you know the two competing fire teams and stuff. Like it'll be I'm interested because that that was a pretty big cliffhanger that you know Halo Five Guardians ended on. Mm. Uh, that game came out six years ago. I think. <laughs> like Jeez. it's crazy to think how long it's been. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's been a long time, <laughs> but it's yeah, um, man. Yeah, but, I, but I'm if you ever get the chance, definitely play. If you can, I would definitely recommend playing through. Like, if you can get Halo Master Chief Collection, whether that's like through game streaming or, um, um like on an Xbox. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a go and, and play through the series. Yeah, I fully plan on it when I eventually get an Xbox in some form. Because I know it's like, yep. it's going to happen eventually. I don't know when. It's just like, it's, yeah. I know it's going to happen. And then I'm going to play Halo all over again. Because I played like, played, yeah. I think I played through a lot of 3 and 2 yep. like a long time ago. But it's just like, it's just a series I never like absorbed much. Like Metroid actually. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, I remember the gameplay and I remember <laughs> enjoying it. But I never remembered like, especially since I jumped on beyond you the first game. You just absorb it through pop culture like it's just a part of pop culture that you just kind of hear things yeah it's like and halo is a lot like kingdom's hearts where i always hear about how crazy and big it is more than i hear about any actual details on what it's about um so okay i want i want to see master chief somehow teleported to the world of kingdom hearts i want to see what are they the nobodies or whatever they're called like i don't know (laughs) i just know it's crazy yeah um, that'd be but you know what this does have a like this trailer does have a lot of one-liners that are like um like something that could be something from a disney movie like one i think it literally ends on the line if you have courage then there's ho- if you have courage then you have hope like oh, that, yeah, that sounds like a very disney <laughs> yeah that yeah, does like, sound you know very disney, I mean? yeah. yeah like come on mickey <laughs> if you've got courage you've got hope like you know you could <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have to see that crossover. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but you know what I'm not sorry about seeing? And that is uh, Team Xbox potentially buying some more studios. And Mr. Xbox himself, Phil Spencer, um, spoke with the Wall Street Journal at a special event uh, last week and said that, um, you know, when asked about 
Microsoft continuing its trend of purchasing game studios. Uh, Phil Spencer said, uh, quote, we're definitely not done. There's no quota, no timeline where I have to go acquire studios by a certain time. But if we find a studio where we have a good fit, then absolutely, end quote. Yeah, and then that's 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 good news because, like, you know, having a company like Microsoft provide the resources you need to develop your game to, to be the best that it can be is, is excellent. And Microsoft doesn't seem like the type of company that is like forcing things on developers like i mean microsoft acquired zenimax which owns bethesda which owns uh arcane studios <laughs> and yet it honored the playstation exclusive deal for deathloop so like i think this is like a good thing for you know developers like in the future i wonder i wonder what the next developer could be uh wh- what do you think yeah um i don't know i, I think it's I think it's like I'm very happy for the studios and stuff in that sense. Like I understand that being held, being acquired by a major publisher tends to be more of a, or like, you know, mainly a benefit to the people who work there and to their creative, like creative uh, process, you know, they just yep. get more money, they have more security and so on and so forth. Um, I, I bet even developing for like a single, like less hardware is probably a benefit to an extent as well. Like a minor one, but you know, something. Um, and it's just, um, yeah, I don't know. It's like, I think ever since they bought Bethesda, which I understand probably would have happened regardless. I think it's just that the fact that it's happened, it was bought by one of the major, you know, three hardware producers, which like locks mm. down an entire publisher's output essentially to, well, it's, it locks it down to PC and Xbox, but it still feels, you know, vaulted in a way. Like for me personally, yeah. who doesn't have an Xbox and, might not have one for a while and won't have a PC that can mm. play it unless they get a deck sometime soon. And even then, that might not even... Like, a lot of those games might be locked to Windows Store or at least a few of them, I don't know. So it's just like, it might not even be possible for me to play one, these games that, I've, sure. that I'm interested in. And I don't know, the reason that it makes me sad, which is like, it's fine. It's not a bad thing, really. Like, it's hard for me to argue that. But it's... um, I think it's just like, I remember when the news came out of Bethesda's acquisition and I remember being like... The first time I've heard one of these expositions that kind of made me like um, just kind of genuinely sad because of like a product, like especially Doom, like id Software. It felt like such Mm. a like it's so historic to suddenly get wrapped up in like in by a major publisher entirely, you know, rather than being like a core pillar of the gaming industry. Like, that's what it felt like as a series is like, you know, Doom. And yeah. Like, it feels so intrinsic to the current and gaming. like the history of gaming and the current landscape in just its influence beyond its original I, release. I, I, and it's like, and now it's, you know, now yeah. it's kind of, I'm not against it being like, I'm, I'm sure we'll get good games out of it. It just kind of, it makes me yeah. sad. It made me sad at the time and it still kind of does, but it's, it's whatever. <laughs> I think this is just natural given that cost of development and stuff of games is going up and you're right like there is something to be said that we are losing i mean i mean you 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 wrote about like you know sony acquiring blue point games uh housemark nixes uh fire sprite you know then embracer group buying gearbox and, and like you know saber interactive and a whole bunch of other you know studios tencent and NetEase buying a whole bunch of studios like you know Tencent owns like Epic Games like a, a, a huge chunk of Epic Games NetEase just bought um, 
grasshopper manufacturer you know the people behind no more heroes and 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 also previously owned uh purchased clay interactive like it's it's sad that i think i think there is a flip coin to everything is that you know maybe we would see more ideas and maybe we'll see more unique things come out if things weren't all owned by just a handful of companies you know yeah it's like that's yeah there's something to that i guess i think on the creative level of like i'm not really afraid of like especially microsoft they're they're in a position where they're willing to give pretty you know free reigns to their studios especially with a Mm. company like a thing like game pass where they're not reliant on the um the blockbuster style thing that sony's developed where it's like you know they'll thing like you know yeah like exactly what i said like they develop blockbusters that make huge sales one at a time and that's very successful but it's also very limiting or i think it is becoming limiting um but yeah and microsoft because of the game pass they can kind of develop smaller games alongside bigger ones and i don't think mm-hmm. there's um limited creatively so i was like i think i don't yeah. think it's that part of it it's just like the health of the industry isn't like i think this consolidation isn't necessarily like healthy for the industry overall at least in my view maybe it is in ways i'm not aware of fully but it's um you know this is a result of games becoming corporations getting bigger and stronger and gaming becoming more and more expensive to or like you know, the development process becoming more and more expensive mm. yeah and now it's just you know we haven't reached the peak of it yet and everything's just getting bought up and consolidated and turn into like these you know big factions almost (laughs) rather than just a lot of individual houses you know studios and houses developing individual games for speaking of which what's left (laughs) what could microsoft what do you think xbox could acquire Uh, next? i always see the joke of that microsoft are going to buy sega next and and, or capcom or something and it's like i don't think capcom's i don't know it's like after bethesda which apparently they were like open to a sale at the time so if yeah. there's another company open for a sale, that would make sense. But, you know, it, anything could happen at this scale. I think Sega's more likely. Yeah, definitely. Um, than Capcom. Because I think Capcom, like, financially is doing much better. And I think it might be just too big to justify just yet. Yeah. Um, But I think Sega... Like, Sega's got, like... Like, Sega has, like, a huge hold, <laughs> hold of, like, the strategy market. Like, the, RP- yeah. the Japanese RPG market. As well as, like, you know, just general action games and stuff and microsoft and sega sega have a you know long running partnership ever since like the kind of the dream the dreamcast mm. went out of business in 2001 and, and a lot of like sega companies jumping ship onto the xbox uh and and, and the fact that you know like uh phil was it not phil harrison phil moore philip moore no, Peter Moore. Sorry, Peter Moore, who was like a, a, an ex, uh, like a Sega executive, then went over to Microsoft and was running basically Xbox for a long time. Like, there's definitely shared history there that I think Sega makes more sense. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, like I wouldn't necessarily bet yeah, on it. It's like I, I've, I've just seen it mentioned a lot, and it's like it's, it's. Yeah, I could see it happening. Is the better way to say definitely, it. It's like I'm not really too. sure it would happen. Uh, or even happen soon, but it definitely sounds more likely yeah. than other, you know, big acquisitions. Yep. And even then, uh, I like I can. I'm not sure if there's too many other big acquisitions for Microsoft to make. 
aside from just finding small developing studios and buying them now and investing in them and you know building them up into major you know figureheads of the their you know microsoft game studios maybe microsoft will buy like penny arcade or something like you know how we're we're playstation bought evo like oh yeah (laughs) Like something like that. Like that's that's a crazy left field thing. So I wonder if Microsoft could do pull something like that, pull a stunt like that. Yeah, maybe. Is there another esports yeah. thing that's a big deal? I don't actually know. Oh, probably. There's like multiple leagues. Yeah, There's, they can. Um, yeah, they can do it so they can push Halo really hard, which actually sounds like something they would do. But yeah. I'm not in a bad way. It just sounds like, oh, that sounds like a, you know <sighs> they they're trying to push esports really hard with Halo this time. Yeah. So it's, it would kind of make sense. How about something that's like completely like a far fetched, maybe far fetched. Imagine Microsoft buying Blizzard. Mm. Like separating Activision Blizzard and just buying Blizzard. Yeah, that's such a that's such like that's so much work on sort of off of one yeah. thing. But on think top about of it, both right? companies. Like what does Blizzard have going for it right now? Like Overwatch is kind of like at, at a low. It's got Diablo four coming up. Mm. Um like World of Warcraft is like kind of it's there, but it's nowhere near its peak. There's a lot of people unhappy with Blizzard at the moment, so the valuation's probably down. Um, maybe yeah. Microsoft is the type of company that... Like, Microsoft seems like a much better place to... Like, Phil Spencer, as a leader, seems to have much better values. Like, people like him. Like, you you never hear anything bad about him and the way he's running Xbox versus, you know, when... Was it Don Matrick, who was the leader when the Xbox One first came out? Like. Yeah. I, I, it it would be crazy, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. Kind of, I can I can kind of see it in the sense that Activision's pretty brutal in how they'll just like they'd be pretty happy to just drop something off that isn't making as much money as they want it to, even though Blizzard are yeah. still making crazy amounts of money. And then yeah, um, and think about all the like all the all the stuff that's been happening, uh, you know, around workplace culture and toxicity and stuff. It seems like a, a lot of it is m- like coming from the Blizzard side of things. Oh uh, yeah, as far as we know, I think like a lot of the like yeah. top act- Activision like people are still like involved. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like we're definitely are hearing mostly about like Blizzard talent doing it. Yeah. So imagine like Activision's like, okay, we need to get rid of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Maybe. And and then Microsoft being like, hey, why don't you join us? Like maybe that could be a good thing. I bet it, it like actually better would only happen if Activision was able to keep all the IPs of Blizzard and then Blizzard yeah. like the studio like the company itself was offloaded gotcha. like, I could I could see uh, not, not in that I could see it happening likely <laughs> it's just like I bet that's what would happen like how like you know how like Warner Brothers was trying to sell its gaming divisions and it's like oh no but we yeah. keep all the IPs they're associated with so then what are you what are you doing yeah, yeah. which is like i understand okay. the value yeah. in them still but it's like that you know nowhere near as much as they were asking for at the time but so yeah. i could see that happening yeah. with something like blizzard but um yeah i don't know like i'm i oh, i'd bet right. on smaller studios being purchased in the future yeah um and i think yeah, that would apply yeah, to a right. lot of these especially like unless embracer group get them first which is pretty likely at this rate because like looking yeah. up the, looking up their acquisitions of like this year and last year, it's like actually dozens now. Like it's so many. It's really crazy yeah. how many they've bought. It's so quickly. But um, mm. no, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to think like what's really left. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember. Crazy. Um, it's hard to think. Yeah, on a similar note as well. It's like I remember being 
you know, it's like I felt like Insomniac was sort of a turning point as well for being purchased. Or not a turning point, maybe. Yeah. I remember thinking differently of it, though, because Insomniac have historically been very successful as an independent studio. Yeah. And they didn't necessarily, like, need to get purchased in any way. Or it didn't seem to be at all. Like, there was no reason for them to be purchased other than just, mm. just um, more security. I think Sony just saying, yeah, exactly. Like, we're securing rights to exclusive games going forward. Yeah, you know, it makes sense. We don't in want Sony's another case. Sunset Overdrive, yeah, situation or something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah. I don't know. Um, we'll see. Which that was crazy when that app that got announced. That was a crazy time. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like a premier PlayStation developer saying, "Oh, by the way, um, one of the key Xbox releases is going to be ours." <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that is. Yeah. Well, speaking of Sony and keeping things exclusive. <laughs> what's going on in the in the world of patents uh, the fun world of patents <laughs> um yeah very fun uh the u.s patent office has approved um a patent by sony so it was um it was a 2020 patent but it was only approved now um um and yeah so the patent would allow sony oh would allow um spectators and participants of streams so I'm assuming that means both people watching and people playing in a stream um, to vote to remove yeah. players from a game. So the patent outlines like a bunch of ways this patent could take place, like this invention technically. So like one form was requiring 60% of all players, spectators to um, before like triggering the removal of a player. Okay. Um, spectators yep. having a displayed skill level that would determine the weight of their individual vote. So um, I think this kind of, I think it mentioned something to do with... Um, you know, how much you play and how, you know, like your kill-death ratio, I guess, stuff like that. And that'll determine how much, yeah, weight you have, how weight you carry in these vote, mm. voting systems. Um, a system that automatically assigns removed players to new matches so they continue playing. Um, the ability yeah. for spectators to pay to remove players from a game, which is pretty wild to me and um yep <laughs> and the ability for spectators to bid in an auction to have a play removed which is a lot so um yeah so this is a patent this doesn't mean it's actually going to be developed all it really means is that sony are going to have you know the rights to this you know quote-unquote invention yeah um, basically stopping they, twitch from doing it i guess yeah i guess so yeah so <laughs> that's what it looks like mm. Yeah, hopefully. It's a cool idea. <laughs> That'd be amazing yeah. if that's all it was. <laughs> I was like, oh, we don't want Twitch to do this evil thing. <laughs> but we're gonna yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, uh, like, there was a game on PS4. It was like an isometric action game that did have sort of things like this in it. Like, it was like for the PS4. I, I don't know if it was called Outriders or something. Or it was like. Outriders was, was that Square Enix on. game from, like, last year, right? Or this year? Yeah, so I wonder if it's the same developer, but I I, I think um, uh, people can fly. Maybe did make it, but it's um, yeah. I'm just trying to think of the game. Okay, it wasn't that, but I know that it was a game on the PS4, like pretty early on on the PS4, that let people kind of vote for the way the matches would turn out, and okay. it it was like a like a very kind of early version of something like this so i wonder if uh i'm thinking it's like like i know there was like hell divers i wonder if it was the people who made the hell divers maybe 
Oh, maybe. Um, Arrowhead Game Studios. But yeah, sure. anyway, it's yeah. them. It's it's yeah. Anyway, but I remember that being a thing back in the day where you could kind of um, uh, like vote and and things like that. And that was really a really cool idea that worked really well on the PS4. Um, and this is probably like Sony saying, "Oh, hang on a second, we've done this before. How about we stop it now before this becomes a thing." like that other people want to do and capitalize on. Wait, so in this old game, you could actually like pay in some way to do it? You couldn't pay, but you could kind of like vote in the, like you could, Cause like, you, ha- you had to have the game, but you could vote for things to happen in the game. Oh, okay. Because I remember like, oh, yeah. yeah, okay. Because it's like, we've seen this kind of thing in games before with like, you know, I only, I, I, the only remember I, memory I have of it, like, it's just like being able to boot players from a server. It's like, that's, you know, a pretty like yeah. standard thing to be able to do in like shooters and stuff uh, you know like a lot of multiplayer games i think um yeah because i remember like you know modern warfare being able to do that like choosing your maps and then being able to boot players or whatever uh, actually could you boot players in that one i don't know it, uh, we're rambling remember. a lot um but <laughs> it's um yeah i don't because it feels like an expansion on the basic idea of booting players or like having a server be able to like democratically or not boot players into main, making a paid thing <laughs> or just like expanding yeah. on the concept in general which I don't know I wonder if Sony are just kind of trying to outline a bunch of things that they can get paid for by someone else in the future yeah because that's a common thing to do <laughs> yeah yeah not that's the thing I guess we'll find out like it's a pattern at the moment so it's like it's it doesn't necessarily mean that Sony's already got something in the works but I could I guess I could I'd be open to seeing it happen maybe next year, as soon as next year. That would be cool. I don't know what would be the first game to do it, but we'll, we'll, I guess we'll find out. Yeah. I guess, like, because I think part of what people have taken, maybe, yeah, maybe it's the wrong takeaway, because my takeaway was the idea of paying real money to remove players from games. Or yeah, I think we're paying real. Part that's okay. Fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> or paying that's, real money yeah. to bid at an auction to have a player removed, which is like crazy bleak. Like that is like a dark. <laughs> it's like it's just a video game. It's like the idea of paying money to do that is just it's really sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, very dis- disheartening. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so not disheartening. It's very disconcerting, I guess. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I got like $20 in evict bucks to <laughs> spend on votes <laughs> for this. Um, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Let's finish it off with a, a little bit of a maybe lighthearted discussion. Uh, folks at home... You might have already seen this. It's been something that we've been waiting for for a very long time. Uh, Sony and I guess Sony Pictures uh, dropped the first official trailer for the Uncharted movie. Yeah. Uh, starring Tom Holland and uh, Mark Wahlberg as um, Nathan Drake and Sully, respectively. What, what did you think of the trailer, dude? Um. I don't know. I think it looks like a pretty inoffensive action movie. I didn't take much away. Yeah. I was like really shocked at how much that part from Uncharted Three is like exactly the yeah, same. Yeah, like the plane part. Like I was thinking, it's like yeah. like everything about that. It's like, wait, is that just directly from the games? Like it's not even really an adaptation. It's just like they just lifted it wholesale and made it live action, which is like yeah. fine, I guess. It's just it's kind of it's, it's just, like a young Drake. 
Yeah. Like he's like a yeah, yeah. It's like most people seem to have like a very strong opinions on it being Holland, both before and after the trailer. I think I don't. I personally don't. I think it's like that's some, one thing I've kind of. Mm. I don't think we've talked about it yet. Is the idea with adaptations because we have the press X thing. We're doing double jump, and I'm not sure if yeah. I talked about it in there somewhere. We might have. I might have. But my takeaway from game adaptations is that they should like I'd prefer them trying to be different in because yeah. games and films are very very different things so the idea yeah. of getting someone like colin to play drake even though he's way younger and a fair bit different than mm. um whoever the voice actor for drake normally is nathan fillion no not nathan no, fillion. not fillion nolan north right north um <laughs> no, yeah it's like you know it's like very different personalities that. but i can un- like to me they kind of feel familiar enough in essence yeah, like, that i i think it makes a lot of sense and like yeah. I enjoy Holland generally, even though he's just playing Spider Man again, really. Um yeah, pretty much. Like it's like it, it he's playing I me personally, I think this is an excellent choice of casting because number one, Holland does the witty, you know, millennial <laughs> like uh dialogue really well. He, he and number two, he's a very like he's a very fit actor, like in terms of doing stunts and doing a lot of the work that you know, you'd expect from a, a young Nathan Drake, right? Yeah. Like, the physicality is believable there. He pulls off the half-tuck. I don't know if you saw, like, him coming out of the water and his shirt's half-tucked in and stuff. Like, he, he pulls it off excellently. Like, this is clearly the people... <laughs> so what's important, making. most important to the yeah, series. Exactly. That's that's what people want to know about, right? Yeah. That's a, a press X to adapt is just all going to be, like, screenshots of the half-tuck throughout the story. That's <laughs> yeah, press evolution X, does Holland get the half-tuck right? Yeah, um, that's that's the thing. That that's the the hero's journey as told through belt buckles. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is this is this is the buckle before he accepts the mission. You know, oh, but, intriguing. But it, it's just funny that like, like, um, what is it? So it seems like Mark Wahlberg is this like treasure hunter. Happens across <laughs> Tom Holland's Nathan Drake at a at a bar where he's like a. A bar, like a, a witty bartender who happens to also have a hobby of researching ancient treasure and like, yeah. and then he, he, he's got a brother who might have been involved in the game and Sully knew of the brother and so that's why Nathan Drake's involved he's like oh you knew my brother and then you get a version of Mira I think her name was Mira like the kind of the British Indian chick who's like really sa- like like badass and sarcastic and really doesn't take Drake's shit. Yeah, the um, one from that spin-off, which I forget her name as well. La, yeah. uh, I think it was Mira. Is it Mira? I think so. I think it was, it was from Uncharted name. Lost Legacy. Yeah, I'm pretty um, sure it was some, but you might be right. Um, but it's, yeah, so yeah. we get a glimpse of her seemingly. It's like, yeah. it seems like in a lot of ways it's a pretty like direct adaptation with some yeah. pretty bland looking action, which makes me think that it's going to be pretty mediocre at best. Like just at a yeah. glance, like Chloe. I hope it's better. Chloe, yeah. <laughs> Chloe, very Frazier. different name. That's what I was thinking. Um, yeah, but it's um, yeah. At a glance, like you know, just from the trailer, I mean, it's it looks unremarkable. Is kind of my takeaway. Mm. Like it just doesn't like it's, it looks. I don't know. It looks about as good as I would hope for, which is okay action movie that people will forget as soon as they see it, and not much yeah. else. Like it looks in in that sense, it's disappointing because there's a lot. You, there's not much. Because it's just Indiana Jones, but today. So there's not too much with the concept that you can really expand on, I guess. Like, you can. Like, yeah. you're just making a good treasure hunting movie 
made in set yeah, in like, 2020. It's just like a fun romp but, around the world. Yeah. Like, it, it's somehow... Like, you could argue that the Fast and the Furious movies are basically uncharted. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. in a way, like, you know, they've got stunts hanging off cliffs, stunts hanging off the back of a plane, <laughs> you know, like, global... They're basically chasing a MacGuffin. Like that's just what they do. <laughs> like, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, those and, those are like close yeah. enough. Yeah, <laughs> closer than yeah. most any of the series. Yeah, and um, and I love the uh, the the thing with the like with this is that it's what is it like um, like he's he's he captures the the kind of the he's like a charming dickhead in the games but he's also yeah. like a murderer so we don't see that side of things here but you do get the charming dickhead side of Nathan Drake but that I don't know if if that the, the Indian chick in the trailer if that is meant to be like Chloe Frazier but it's I, I, I definitely can tell that this is going to be a really dumb like this is going to be one of those movies that talks and explains everything rather than showing it like yeah probably like it's, it's like oh you know you're just like your brother and then um. Uh, what is it like Tom Holland like Drake is like oh you knew my brother Sam you know what I mean he could have just said oh you knew Sam you know what I mean like the small things like that right yeah and then also uh, like in the trailer where the, the Chloe Frazier type character is like oh uh, uh, are you a friend of Sully's he doesn't have friends I should know because I am one it's like they, yeah. she says it so quickly like, such, it doesn't even it's like really it's such a like dialogue yeah it's just such a lame like Gag, I guess. Is it a gag? I don't know. A joke. It's not even whatever. a gag. I think it was just. It's it's sincere, but I think like this movie is gonna have. Well, it's meant really to be funny at that writing. point. It's just like it's yeah. not very funny. <laughs> it's like if that's like kind of the level yeah. they're bringing to, it's like oh, okay, so it's gonna be like a really dull, uncharted thing, and not much yeah. else. It's like I don't know. I'm gonna yeah. come at, if I ever watch it, which is a solid chance I won't. Um, I'll come to it with low expectations, and I'll probably like it fine. That's that's probably the most I'll get out of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do wish Mark Wahlberg had a yeah. uh, mustache for some reason. For some reason <laughs> what, I really wish he because like I understand why he doesn't in that sense. It's like oh, so you know, Wahlberg <laughs> sells tickets and he needs his face not to have a mustache on it because of that. But he could but have just, totally done. I feel like I've seen him with a mustache in in preview like in something before. But maybe that was like for another role where he's like a cop or something. I don't know. Yeah, it, like when you say, <laughs> when I think Wahlberg with a mustache, I definitely have an image in my head that seems real, but I don't know where yeah. it's from. But it's um, yeah, like uh, yeah, God, some, what if, um, yeah, for some reason that kind of like undermines the idea that it could be good though, because they weren't willing to do yeah. that, <laughs> even yeah, though it doesn't matter. Maybe, maybe what it is is like um, like Drake's brother was like Sully's protege, and then when he died or he betrayed him or something, he shaved off the mustache. <laughs> and at the end of the movie, Sully's <laughs> in like hospital bed where he's like, you know, he's grown out a mustache. It's like, hey, got yeah, a mustache like, now. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> or oh, he's... Oh, it's like a Venom situation where the mustache is a symbiote. And it <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's like... There's something different about the Sully. He's not the same. <laughs> oh my god! Is it the mustache? Oh, oh. <laughs> yes. Oh my god! I don't know. Maybe I, I want to see the mustache come along. Maybe that is the joke. Is that like, you know, throughout the movie, like because they're on all these adventures, they don't shave or anything like that. And then at the end, like he's just got the mo. And then like Drake's like, oh, I like it. You know what I mean? Like, and then that's how it ends. 
Yeah, that <laughs> sounds like that sounds like one of those things where it's just like it's like the entire mm. point of watching the movie is just to have that arc of him getting a mustache, and you don't get really anything out of, else out of it. It's just like you get oh, like God. a really mediocre action movie, but it's like oh, you get that mustache <laughs> arc. That's worth it. Oh, that's yeah, that's really doing well with the November crowd. Um, <laughs> yes. So th- okay, so now we have two things to look out for in a potential. Sequel <laughs> press X to adapt piece is the half tuck of Nathan Drake oh, okay. and the mustache on Sully. It's all that matters. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, anyway, I think that's going to do it for this week. That's yeah. My cheeks are hurting too much. That's, <laughs> I, I'm just. I, I want to see a movie where the where like a Venom spinoff where it's actually a must like the he becomes a mustache and the mustache like grows arms and punches and oh it'll be hilarious. Actually, sounds like a thing the new ones would do, because it that, like so I haven't seen the second one yet, but I think it like leans all the way into comedy this time. That does sound like a thing oh that movie would do. And like um, and then the sequel has to have the good guy, like turn evil for a bit, and then he grow, and then the mustache turns into a goatee. That's that's how <laughs> games do it. That's how <laughs> movies need to do it too. Or well, maybe they could just be in that <laughs> Spider-Man game they announced. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh god! And then the third movie, there's like a redemptive arc where he goes, it turns into a mullet, and then it comes back, and then eventually, like he's the character's clean shaven, and then the venom, like the symbiote, dies, sacrifices itself or something. Like uh, we should be in Hollywood. What are we doing here, man? What are we talking about games for? <laughs> we should be pitching. <laughs> we this. have all these ideas. <laughs> They're gold. <laughs> oh oh god! HBO Max approves the. The 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 spin-off series about Sully and his mustache. Yeah, proving every other oh, spin-off. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, if if you're at home, you're you're you want to tap into some of this creative energy. Write in to podcast at doublejob dot co. Share your best video game pitches for facial hair related <laughs> <laughs> organisms, symbiotic organisms, and yeah. <laughs> John, as always, it was a lot of fun recording and talking a lot of shit with you today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, you too, yeah. Oh, it's, man. <laughs> it's, uh, hopefully, we've got at least one. <laughs> I like one mustache related idea. But <laughs> yes. Oh, God, yes. Oh, but. All right, everyone, that's going to do it for another episode of DoubleJump.co. If you loved what you heard, uh, I don't know why you would, but. <laughs> please uh feel free to subscribe or follow us on all of our socials and whatever our platform uh podcast platform you're listening on john thank you so much again and until next time everyone look out for one another peace see ya